Hello everyone and welcome to Cage Side UK, all things MMA in the fast growing British MMA scene. Today I'm going to be chatting with Ash Terence of Carb Kick Sports. Alongside Tim Wheaton, he's amassed over 10,000 followers covering combat sports events around the country and interviewing prominent figures in the world of MMA. He'll be speaking about the current state of UK MMA, what's next for British champion Leon Edwards, and he'll be giving advice on interviewing different athletes telling us how it can go smoothly as well as how it can fall apart. This is the first episode in the series covering the different aspects of British MMA, particularly what goes on behind the scenes through conversations with journalists, fighters and other cogs in the mixed martial arts machine. Without further ado, here's Ash Terrence. I guess we'll just kick things off with the simple question of how and when did you actually get into MMA? Yeah, firstly, thanks for having me on, Eamon. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, like the journey started off, you know, quite quite a long time ago. So uh, I'm 34 now. I actually started watching uh, mixed martial arts at the age of uh, 17. It's pretty much, you know, half my life, really. Um, And uh, yeah, just started watching Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, um, you know, kind of casually and then you know that that interest grew over the over the last few years yeah it's definitely blew up in the past well since conor mcgregor really he brought it to the, the mainstream didn't it oh 100 you know um you know when i first started watching the sport you'd have you didn't really have uh, you know so, so many superstars you had chocolate doll back then but then as time grew on yeah you start getting more superstars like brock lesnar and um, you know, even Kane Velasquez off the back of him being uh, Brock Lesnar as well. You'd have you'd have various other superstars that come and go, but when Connor came onto the scene, um, that's when it really propelled everything, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely. I remember uh, Brock was the guy that got me into it because as a kid, I was, oh, a fan, I was a fan of WWE as a kid. And yeah. He, of course, he left and joined the UFC. And I remember thinking, what's this that he's went and done? And then I checked yeah, it out yeah. and I thought, wow, like, I thought, oh, is it just like boxing? But obviously I saw the kicks, the grappling, the elbows. I thought, this is this is brutal, but I like it. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, when I first started watching uh, Brock come onto the scene, and, you know, we've got to talk about Brock when it comes to, like, the, uh, you know, the, the, the sport game popularized because he brought so many WWE yeah. fans. Um, that's when I started really, really get investing heavily into the sport like watching it and um yeah i mean he was a freak of nature back in the day like he he was so fascinating to watch and uh very one dimensional as well you know like he didn't have an amazing striking uh, base or anything like that just just take people down hold them down so uh and and you know obviously smash them and dominate them um but yeah i think that was my that was the first time i'm like okay i'm i'm really into the ufc now yeah and when did you actually realize that you wanted to cover the sport rather than just be like a spectator? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, this this came about completely randomly. So um, this whole calf kick sports, actually, uh, is quite funny. One of the co- So I'm one of the co-founders of the actual podcast and the Instagram page, but I'm not going to take credit for the name. Um, that, that would be completely Tim's idea. So Tim, uh, what he did is he... Uh, he was originally called Calf Kick Sports, funnily enough. So his Instagram page was called Calf Kick Sports. And um, I had, I just had my own Instagram page. I, I wasn't planning to podcast. I wasn't planning to do anything of that nature. 
Um, and yeah, I just, I just looked at Tim's page and I just thought he's got really good opinions. Um, you know, he's wrote, he's written really good articles. Um, let me just see if we can work together. And I spoke to Tim, you know, I said like, we should probably do a podcast. Like, why don't we do a separate page and see how that goes? This is all in April of 2021 as well. So it's been almost two years. Yeah. But yeah, um, long story short, I asked him, you know, why don't we, uh, why don't we use Calf Kick Sports as our page name? Um, so, you know, he kindly said, let's let's use that name as our joint venture. He changed his one to Timothy Wheaton MMA, yeah. and um, yeah, we we just we just ran with it. You know, it was a great name. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of finishes, you know, had been happening by calf kicks at the time as well. Um, yeah. You know, as an example, you got Conor McGregor late, a little bit later on after that. But yeah, um, it was just purely purely by chance and by luck that we that we managed to do this. And I know you've done a lot of cool interviews with a lot of fighters like uh, Frank Shamrock, you're right, Hall, Terence McKinney. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What advice would you give to like aspiring journalists when it comes to actually sitting down with these key figures and interviewing them? Yeah, I mean, the main thing is you, you, you just need to you need to find out as much information as possible about them. I mean, not as much information, but as much relevant information yeah. that you feel like that the viewer would find interesting to listen to about. Um, you know, so it, it could be something completely random. For example, with Uriah Hall, which um, which is one one of my personal favorites, we uh, we found out that he was a big Tekken fan. I mean, I, I knew about this for years. And, you know, we, we asked him a question of, you know, we, we asked him about that. We asked him a, bit, a little bit about WWE. So it's about asking questions outside the box as well sometimes, you know, like ask it a little bit outside the box. Don't just keep to MMA, you know, try and ask about the interests yeah, like as well. That. Yeah, because they'll be getting the same questions a lot. and Yeah, like the boring questions. Exactly. Like the boring questions, Eamon, is like, um, oh, so how's training going? Or, yeah. Uh, you know, how's um, how's the diet going? Or what weight are you like? A fighter doesn't want to be asked the same questions over and over again. So sometimes it's good to switch up. You know, we've got like a "What's your signature brand?" kind of question, or "Where do you see yourself in five to ten years' time?" And these are all things that you're going to start uh, being able to develop the more yeah. and more you start podcasting. Um. Well. Do you have a favorite? Is it the right Hall one, or is there others? It definitely, yeah, it definitely is. I, yeah, I, I, I was so, uh, I was always big fan of Uriah Hall. I've been a fan of Uriah Hall since um, the Ultimate Fire, and um, you know, I was so chuffed that I was so chuffed that we actually had him on. Um, you know, just just to kind of like a little bit of a historical, uh, something historical for you. Um, so when they first when they fought in the finale. Uriah Hall and Kevin uh, Gaston in for the tough finale. Yeah. I was uh, I was fully rooting for Uriah, <laughs> Uriah Hall, and you know, unfortunately, he lost. But I've always been a Uriah Hall fan. When we finally, when we had him on the show, it was just it was just a surreal experience. Um, but yeah, I, he was fun. You know, he he was very open about going through mental health issues as well. So. We just had everything in the interview, you know, it's it fun as well as light. And, you know, at times there were some serious issues that he raised too. What about the opposite end? Has there ever been an interview that you've done? Maybe you've sat down and hoped that, oh, this is a good yes. one, but then yes. it hasn't I mean, really I'm not, well. 
Yeah, so I'm not going to mention names. Oh yeah. Um, there, so I will. You know, this is this is one that never actually made it to air, and um, you know, you could probably do a little bit of an elimination work if I mention a few things. But it was actually so we got uh, approached by a bare knuckle company to uh, you know, it, it wasn't the official bare knuckle page or anything like that. It was a is a management company to yeah. interview yeah. one of their fighters. Now this fighter used to fight used to be a WWE wrestler. And you know, he, he used to be a wrestler uh for the WWE, fairly well known. And uh he transitioned into bare knuckle fighting. Now he actually got released by the WWE during the Me Too movement because there was a lot of allegations and somehow you know, just all kinds of yeah. all kinds of shadiness with this uh with this particular um you know wrestler slash uh bare knuckle fire and uh we did ask him about this you know we we weren't prepped beforehand to not ask him these questions but we asked him that anyway and uh the interview just went hostile and unfortunately we had to cut the interview a bit short and uh completely delete the the interview from records as well so um <laughs> i mean i'm going to i'm going to let you guys do the uh do the yeah. elimination work but um that's something you know uh, that yeah, was probably the worst one in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I guess there's always going to be the bad ones or the, the bumps in the road. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've even had a guest, uh, well-known world champion um, of an organization. Um, again, uh, you know, I just tend to keep it anonymous, but, it, you know, it is actually in our catalog as well. Um, and yeah, even before the interview, he came in really late for the interview and, uh, you know, just you could tell that he wasn't really that bothered, and you know, in right away, uh, we we had a lot to ask him. You know, we prepared heavily for it. We were excited. You know, we were like uh, over the moon when he actually joined. And as soon as he joined, he goes, "Guys, can you keep this to ten to fifteen minutes?" So uh, it's just it's just things that you got to kind of have to. Um, you learn this over time. You know, you don't yeah. ever bank on a guest, uh, but when the guest does come in, just don't. Um, just don't get too disheartened if it's not what it you know, pans out to be as well, because yeah. there's always another one after that. Well, shifting things over a bit to the UK uh, scene yeah. of MMA, because that's what our podcast is yeah. sort of based on. Uh, I don't think it's a hot take to say that it's probably in the best spot it's ever been in right now. And, yes, uh, absolutely. What absolutely. do you make of the current state of it? I mean, it is and it isn't, um, if I'm being honest, Damon, because... Let's face it, yeah. We've had so, you know, this whole uh, we've had we've had Michael Bisping, who's been the world champion, the first ever world champion in Britain, and uh, that year, can you believe it or not? He actually didn't even he didn't even get nominated for the uh, the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Yeah. So that's fair enough, you know. That that was like a few years ago, 2016, 2017. But then you've also got Leon Edwards. Um, and by the way, I think Michael Bisping 100% should have got knighted, uh, considering his sporting achievements in in MMA. Yeah. But uh, Leon Edwards, you know, he he won the title last year again. Not even, uh, and this is much more recent. Not even nominated for like BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Not, not even in the list. Yeah, it's mad. So that. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Say that again. I, I saw that too, and I, I thought the exact same. I thought it was crazy that they didn't even mention him. Yeah, I mean, w when you think about it, like you've got all these other athletes that aren't, you know, they probably haven't had the same amount of attention, you know, that 
or level of fame yeah that leon has gotten over the last year and even still not even in the bbc sports personality uh nominees list so i i think you know as much as we've done we've had a we've come a long way with the uh, british mma there's still a lot way there's still a long way more to go in all honesty you know we need yeah. to uh we need to get the sport a little bit more um popping over in the uk for sure yeah, I saw, I'm not sure if it was the BBC, but they had a similar, they had like nominees and I think they had Paddy in there instead of Leon and I thought... That's mad, that's, mad. that's yeah. absolutely I know Paddy's probably more popular for like the, the casuals and the mainstream, but in terms of what he's achieved compared to Leon, come on. Yeah, I know. I mean, Leon is the far superior fire. Like, it just honestly doesn't make sense. Again, Leon is just a quiet person. You know, he's not going to scream and shout and rave and rant about his achievements or anything like that. But then you got Michael Bisping, who was, you know, arguably a very, a very, very brash, flash type of character, even still not considered for the nomination list. So I, I believe... Um, I always, you know, in my in my kind of brutal opinion, I always think boxing is going to be the number one sport when it comes to combat in the UK. But, you know, it's just about competing with that and seeing if we can do better than boxing, really. Yeah, I think it's got a lot to um, catch up with when competing with boxing for the UK sort of landscape. A hundred percent, a hundred percent for sure. It's about, they need to just keep... Uh putting events on in the UK, really. It's looking good in the past year and a half. But before that, I mean, this pay-per-view this past weekend, that was the first since, was it UFC 204? It's been versus Henderson. Yes. So yeah, no. Like it, six years. Uh, I mean, I think, no, they had the they had the UFC in London um, last year. Uh, oh, yeah, but, the uh, pay-per-view, I mean. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, in pay-per-view, that was, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, luckily... They did the right thing this time by not putting it. I think the Bisping and Henderson one, if I remember correctly, you might be, you know, you might remember this better than me. I think that was on a three in the morning in the was, UK, yeah, it was. which was ridiculous. I mean, we didn't pay for pay-per-view, but they really missed the trick there. You know, what they should yeah, have done is what weird. they did what they did last week. So they put it on a, no a normal time in the UK and uh, all the British fans had to pay £20, which is fine. You know, I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they just need to do more events. They need to do more events up north as well. You know, Liverpool, Manchester, you know, maybe some ones in Scotland, like all over the UK, Scotland. Um, yeah, they they really can blow up a lot more. Yeah, they, I agree with that. They play it safe a bit by, I mean, you can't blame them, but because Lond London is the, uh, the place to go, I guess. But especially now with Leon Edwards from Brom, they could easily, yeah. they've been to Brom before, I think 2009, but they could easily come back and fill an arena out. A hundred percent. Yeah, they can definitely do that. It's just, it's just a shame because I feel like the UFC, you know, it makes sense what they're doing by putting it in a, in London. But again, you've got so many big arenas all over, all across the country. Why not capitalize on that? Um, but again, it, it's just about timings and schedulings, isn't it, as well? Yeah. And the, like the ticket prices for this, for last weekend, I don't know if you saw, they were just mad. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy expensive. So, again, it makes sense, you know, O2 Arena, um, you know, in, within within London as well. But, yeah, I I personally can't wait till 
uh, MMA in the UK has blown up a little bit more. But we've got other promotions that are doing, you know, quite well. You know, we've got Cage Warriors. We've got other promotions like PFR is doing some uh, shows within Europe and, and the UK as well. So, yeah, it, it's just a matter of time for sure. Yeah, I think there's a PFL in, is, I think it might be Newcastle in May or... Yes, around, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty cool to see. 100%, 100%. I can't wait for it. Talking about Leon, who do you reckon's next for him? I know it seems like it's going to be Colby, but there's a lot of controversy surrounding that, isn't there? Yeah, I so Leon Leon doesn't, you know, I, I think Leon isn't a, you know, he's not stupid. He wants a bigger money fight, and that completely makes yeah. sense. Now, I personally think if I was Leon, I'm not saying he'd do this, but it's kind of it's kind of already looking like he probably will do this anyway. He's already turning down the Colby fight. And, uh, you know, he's allowed to do that because a couple of years ago, uh, I think we posted on the page, Colby was actually ducking Leon a couple of years was, ago. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he even said, I'm not going to fight Leon Edwards because Leon Edwards is, uh, you know, he's not done anything in the sport, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, just harshly declining a, a, a match with him. So Leon is well within his rights to decline a, a fight with Colby Covington. What I think Leon's going to do is he's going to hope and pray that um, Jorge Masvidal takes Gilbert out and then he can have a nice massive pay-per-view card with uh, Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards. So that's probably the goal. That's probably his dream right now. Um, it's a good fight. Yeah. I would. I don't think. I don't think Jorge's particular. I don't think he's going to win against Gilbert. In my personal opinion. You know, never know. Stranger things have happened. But if Jorge was to win that, UFC are definitely booking that fight. There's no question about it. Yeah, I agree. I do think Burns will win, but I agree. If, if Masvidal gets it done, I think the like. The UFC might reconsider this whole Colby stuff and they'll think about it. Oh, absolutely. Even if it was a split decision, you know, even if it's a split decision, Eamon, you know, we're talking about Jorge Masvidal is a bigger draw. You know, who's he lost to? He's only lost to the best. He's lost to Usman twice. He's lost to Colby. Um, You know, these are really, really tough, tough, tough guys. Um, Maybe the loss before, I'm trying to think of a loss before that. It's probably Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. So he's only lost to really, really elite level fighters and his takedown defense is actually, you know, very underrated. So I think Gilbert is going to have his work cut out for him. Having said that, I think Gilbert's still going to get it done. Yeah, I think Gilbert, he's more well-rounded and he's been a lot more active, I guess. But um, yeah, but you mentioned his takedown defense. The Damian Meyer fight comes to mind. Masvidal just looked amazing in that. It was a few years ago, though. Yeah, and his ground game is very, very, it's it's brilliant, you know, like he managed to do a few reversals against uh, Maya, you know, he, he, you know, it was a split decision win for Damian Maya, but it could have easily gone the other way as well. So yeah. I think uh, people are going to be surprised, yeah, at how much he can actually stay on the feet in this one. And he's striking in boxing, uh, you know, even Tyron Woodley has said it, like Masvidal was the best boxer in the welterweight division at one point. Uh, you know, very good body shots, um, you know, very good jabs and straights. And yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm I'm looking forward to it, for sure. I mean, if they did book Leon and Masvidal, surely it would, it would have to be in the UK again, because that's where it the has to be in London. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, like, if they do it in London, if they did it in London, but say, having said that, 
doing the states as well, like last, you know, Las Vegas, that would probably be would be, you know, like you you'd have to probably make it there as well. Like it's it's hard to say where it's gonna be. Um, yeah, it's a big fight wherever it is. Yeah. Really. yeah, I mean, if I was doing, I'd say yeah, do it in Birmingham. Why not? Do yeah, it in Birmingham. Well, bringing it back to August. Uh, yeah. I know you attended and covered a, a bare knuckle FC uh, event. What was that like? And what yes, can you yeah, tell yeah. Me about that? Oh yeah. So uh, we actually got that through the page. Um, you know, uh, we got we got media credentials actually. So that was the first media credentials uh, that Calf Kick Sports has ever gotten. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a wild event. I mean, mixed martial arts is always going to be my number one kind of passion and. Uh, my hobby uh, to watch, but I thoroughly enjoy bare knuckle. Like, you know, I met some great people there. I met other members of the MMA and boxing community as well, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, I saw the, uh, I saw the Mike Perry and uh, the uh, MVP fight live in front of me, which is insane. You know, it was a brilliant atmosphere. And uh, now, now that I went to an atmosphere like that, I, I can honestly say, that the UK crowd, like probably the best crowd in the world, and when it comes to fighting, for 100%, sure, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was at the, uh, I went to both London events last year. No, was it last year? Was it? But yeah, last year. Um, and they were just unbelievable, man. Like obviously, yeah, I wanted definitely. to go to the pay per view this past weekend, but the prices were just sky high. But the last, the fight nights, it was just unmatched. The, uh, like watching it on Saturday night, I could almost feel the energy, and because I've been there now. You just know what it's like. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 something different for sure. But um, yeah, I I hundred percent would love to see a UFC, another UFC London card. I think I I definitely would go and see that face to uh, you know, in person and and really really taking the atmosphere as well. Well, um, Ash, I think I'm going to end it here. So really appreciate the time that you've took to no come problem. on here and speak. No. Some no, great thank insight. you. I mean, yeah, I really enjoy the time as well with yourself. And um, yeah, I mean, good luck in everything for sure. Like, uh, yeah, it was yeah. a great chat. Just uh, let the people know where they can find you or Tim and Calf Kick on social media and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you could just follow us, if you guys can follow us at Calf Kick Sports on Instagram, uh, we're on YouTube as well. So, definitely check us out on YouTube. And uh, um, yeah, our merch links is always on the in, in our bio too. So, yeah, please have a look at that in your own time. Um, but yeah, thank you for your time, Eamon. Appreciate that. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you. Well, there you have it. One half of Calf Kick Sports giving us some insight into the journalistic side of the sport. Be sure to tune in next time as Joe will be chatting with amateur MMA fighter Big Ben Kellogg, finding out what goes into MMA training as well as his career thus far. Until next time.